Midsummer, which follows a grieving young woman who goes to a, quote, traditional festival in Sweden with a boyfriend she should probably dump and his buddies, patiently builds up its psychedelically baroque breakup story until every underlying emotion is magnified and warped and festooned in blood and flowers. It's also surprisingly funny, not to mention a very realistic portrayal of what it's like to go on a group vacation that nobody wants you on. Astor wrote the script in the midst of a breakup himself, off of an assignment to create a hostile-like pick-em-off horror film. If this is Astor's version of torture porn, its torture is as psychological as it is visceral, and ultimately, somehow, cathartic. Hey, gays and ghouls. I'm Sean Reedy. And I'm Katie Toole. And this is Friday Night Frights. A podcast about beauty, nature, and cliff diving. <laughs> Double time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It's just, you know, not into water. Right. They T- never said what you had to cliff dive. <laughs> they never told you. On two. Uh, tonight, we are discussing Midsummer. Ah, yes. The 2019... Ari Aster, just epic, really. Ep- like, like, and I know that this movie gets some hate, but in my opinion, masterpiece. I mean, Cin- like cinematography wise, yes, masterpiece, artistically gorgeous. Yes, it it does have some issues. Like I've been saying, I have a lot of questions. Yes, <laughs> but uh, you know, but everything. I mean, nothing's perfect, right? Um, but yes, absolutely beautiful and just masterfully shot mm-hmm. like and edited and edited like yes i there are not many other movies that i can talk about that have a beautiful and very i don't want to say like i don't want to say that i've experienced uh mushrooms at all but very realistic <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more, Sean. <laughs> Listen, there was once, <laughs> once, one time. It was quarantine. It's fine. Um, it was recent. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very. It was actually a very pleasant experience. Um, and it's fine. They're like working on making them legal. So. Yeah, I mean, they're they're actually working on uh, using them as, as treatment for like depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Still not legal. Still not legal. We're going to pretend that I said nothing. Don't do drugs. Don't do um... drugs, kids. <laughs> uh, so Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, and I know we haven't talked about it already because of, like, of course, this is his major second film debut, mm-hmm. which I I have to say, too, especially coming off of Hereditary, like... Which was... Wildly different films. Um, absolutely. And I know that he's planning on a trifecta. Like, mm-hmm. there's that whole... He's talking about a three-film... Mm-hmm. Like, they all relate to each other in a way. Um, which, realistically, Hereditary and Midsummer in aspects, are very similar. Mm. 
Like and thematically? Not so much the theme, but mm-hmm. about the rituals and the religion that's thrown in there. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, not the religion specifically, because they are two very different situations that are going on. But the idea of religion and how religion can be twisted. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh-huh. Um, but I also want to say that, like, I want... There are... It is many a time where a director will have a hit first film and the second film is a flop. Mm-hmm. That is not the case with this. Nope. And this is only a year more recent. This came out a year after Hereditary. Yeah, they like, they crunched Yeah, to get this movie out. Uh-huh. Um, and it doesn't look like it. It does not at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it looks like... You know, it it has the feel of like one of those like Terrence Malick that took six years to right. You know, like one of those. Like it has that feel. Or or even, and I don't want to say, I, don't yell at me for it, but like almost, almost a Kubrick film. No, I can see that. Like there's so much. The influence detail. is there for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And but but yes, it like it has the feeling of like this like this heavy auteur mm-hmm. thing where they're like, it took forever. And principal photography lasted from like May to October right. or something like it was made very quickly. Well, and they have to because it takes place outside. In summer. Right. <laughs> the whole movie is in, in summer. In Northern Europe. Like, they, didn't, they didn't film in Sweden. They filmed in Romania, I think. But, um, but still, like, yeah. you can't have like those trees still need to be green. Yeah. Like, it still needs to be warm. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't, you know, you can't just pull a John Carpenter and just, like, pretend it's a completely different season <laughs> right. than it is. <laughs> Ignore those palm trees. Look, leaves. <laughs> Here are leaves. Here, Here they are. Here are leaves. Look, they're fall leaves. <laughs> um, <sighs> but, yeah, virtually the entire film is outside. Yes. Which is interesting. hmm Because it, it manages to feel claustrophobic. Even though they are in the most open up environments, mm-hmm. like literally a, a majestic meadow with mountains in the distance, like you can't get much more wide open spaces than this. No, and yet the fields are alive. <laughs> I mean, at some points, literally, I mean, they look like they're alive. Like, right. <laughs> depending yeah. on depending on what exactly they've given you to drink, right, and what's in it, mm-hmm. the fields are alive. With the sound of murder. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of things you drink. Perfect segue. Perfect segue. It is Shock Tale Hour. That was a good one. That was a good one. Maybe I've had too much to drink already, but that sounded good. I mean. Cheers. Cheers and fear, Shock. Cheers and fails. Tonight's shock tale is called The May Queen. It consists of uh, one and a half ounces of chamomile tea, a half an ounce of lemon juice, a teaspoon of honey, and like, I would recommend the best honey that oh, you yeah. can find. Like, really floral, flavorful, like... Mm-hmm. This honey's gonna come through, so you want you want it to be good, like not sort of like generic in a bear honey. No, like, get like get like a good like. Okay, I'm gonna bring out my Tivana knowledge, but also like in a bear. <laughs> maybe you should use one that's maybe. a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it tastes like plastic, it's still relevant. It is. You know what? Though? Apropos, I do believe that I've seen like 
even local honey. Sometimes they put, yeah, sometimes they good honey comes in bears. Yeah. yeah. It's just um, whatever they happen to buy. If you can, if you can be on brand, that'd be great. Um, if not, I understand, but get yourself like a good, like Tupelo mm-hmm. or a volcanic honey would be good. Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. I'm obsessed with honey. When I lived with my mother, she literally banned me from buying any more Jersey honey. <laughs> <laughs> there was like an entire shelf in the pantry. I mean, like, I'm sure mine, mine is not as bad, but have you seen my counter? No. <laughs> I have like 15. I mean, yes, I've seen your counter, but I haven't noticed the honey. <laughs> yeah, there's like 15 jars of honey over there. Oh yeah, it was more than that. <laughs> it was like every kind of, every different flavor, like infused honeys, but oh, then yeah. also just like honeys that were made from different flowers. So right, like they had they different flavors because they do. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so good honey, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you can't, not, not to pull an, not to pull a, uh, Ina Garten, but you know, if you can't, if you can't pull it from the hive yourself, store-bought is fine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not done because I haven't even gotten to the booze yet. Hold up. Uh, add to that two ounces of gin, uh, an ounce of St. Germain, and then top it off to your desired drink size with um, a sparkler, a sparkling wine mm-hmm. of your choice. I would go lighter, like maybe yeah. even a nice rosé. Like you want mm-hmm. this you want this to feel summery. Yeah. Right? Because it's midsummer after right. all. Um, but yeah, yeah, it should be delicious and refreshing. And I feel like even if, and I don't think I've and ever like seen And like if you one. wanted to add some, you know, psychedelic thing, that's your choice. You're an I adult. mean, live your best. I, I wonder... We're assuming you're an adult. I mean, if you're not, then go Why? to school. <laughs> <laughs> Say us, who have been watching this shit since we were six. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, even, and I don't know if they make a sparkling version of it, but even a mead would probably be really good in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It would enhance the honey for sure. It would. I, I would I would say, I would be careful of that just because I, be I, would, powerful. I would cut the honey back just a little if you were going to use a mead. Fair. Fair. Um, but I mean... I, I would I would support that experiment. Yeah. To use the meat and then cut the honey back mm-hmm. just a little bit. I think it'd be delicious. We are saying to experiment with your drugs without saying it. Because alcohol is a drug. Alcohol is a drug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is it is the most legal mm-hmm. of the drugs. Well, that's not true. I suppose caffeine is probably more legal. than. Technically, caffeine is the most legal, yes. Because, mm, you know. Anyone can get caffeine. Actually, isn't nicotine the most lethal? I'm sorry. I said most legal. Just kidding. I thought you said lethal. No, 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 no. I think, I think, well, I mean, it depends on. In terms of sheer scale, probably nicotine. Right. We don't need to get into this. (laughs) This is grim. This is grim. We're here to talk about ritual sacrifice. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Lighten up. Okay. Um... If you're mad at us getting on topic, well, why don't you go jump off a cliff? <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you listened to this podcast? Hi. <laughs> if you haven't, welcome. Right. <laughs> this is Friday Night Frights. We've already introduced ourselves. We've already introduced ourselves. We record this very late at night and usually with alcohol, so that yep. explains a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Midsummer. Yes. Written and directed by Ari Aster. Yes. Right. We already mentioned his second film. First mm-hmm. one was Hereditary. Not um, so patiently waiting for the third. Right. I'm like anytime, friend. Anytime. So, I'm wondering: is this is this Florence Pugh's breakout role? 
because I can't think of her in anything else. But I'm also um, bad at looking things up, apparently, because I could have just looked at her filmography. Uh, Little Women. That came out after this. Which was after this. Yeah. So, I mean, I I, I think that they work in tandem. Like, yeah. I, I do think that, I think that had she not been in this, she wouldn't have been in Little Women. Yeah. However, I think that... Little Women is where she got more well-known. Because it's Little Women rather than a sort of niche horror movie. Right. Right? Um, Fair. But yes, I agree that like in terms of this was a career maker for her. Yeah. Um, because she did a phenomenal job. Um, okay, where were we? Florence Plew. Plew? What did I just Pew. Say? Pew. There's no L. Mm. There's an L in her first name, not in her second name. <laughs> her second name? She probably has a name in between. Like, it's probably her third name, right? Maybe even her fourth. She's Catholic. <laughs> I think overall it is her last name. Though. It's her last name. <laughs> There's the word you're looking for. <laughs> um, so Florence Pugh, uh, which is her last name, mm-hmm. <laughs> plays Danny, mm-hmm. who. As many often do at the opening of, of a horror film, experiences just an unspeakable tragedy. Like? I mean, just, it, it can't get much worse. I mean, having someone you love die by suicide is such a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Knowing that they also murdered your parents. Like, I can't even fathom that. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, and I can't, I can't imagine the guilt that she's feeling. Exactly. Like being the, being the only survivor out Mm -hmm. of a, like what is essentially a family annihilation. Right. Like, yikes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so her sister, um, decides that she is going to take her own life and that she's going to take her parents with her. Mm-hmm. In fact, in the message that she sends to Danny, she says specifically, mom and dad are coming too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she's freaking out. She's trying to call them. She's trying to call her parents. She's trying to figure out what's going on. She knows that this sounds bad. She calls her boyfriend who is, um, they're a little bit on the rocks. To, to say it lightly. To say it lightly. Like, not a very good or healthy or loving or supportive relationship. Right. Um, and he's not helpful in this situation. No, he's, he's very basic, dismissive. He's very dismissive. And and it is true that... It is true, and, and she does admit that... Her sister has done things like this a lot. Right. But she... Feels like it feels different this time. Right. And, and he said it. He said the same thing. Right. Oh, yeah. He's he's like, like mm-hmm. I get it that it, this is a, a weirder message than usual. Right. Or like, this is a weirder situation than usual. And like, I mm-hmm. get it. But like, I'm sure it's fine. You need to calm down. Which, I mean, would also impart a great deal of guilt. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine if you told her not to overreact and then get the phone call about what had actually happened? Because what had actually happened is the sister had this very elaborate Very setup, elaborate, yeah. Um, where she turned the cars on in the garage, ran a hose 
with the garage closed, obviously, ran a hose from the uh, garage to her parents' bedroom, which she had, like, duct taped the door so that the room also filled with carbon monoxide. Mm -hmm. So they died in their sleep. Mm -hmm. And then she taped the uh, other end of that hose to her own mouth, Um, which is just a really chilling image like the in terms of in terms of like horror movie images the the parents like as awful as it is the parents just look like they're sleeping right right they died peacefully in their mm-hmm. sleeps sleep but the the sister is haunting yeah um i mean her like one eye looks di- more dilated than the other right and... like she's had well she was probably coughing like she probably blew out her pupil i think that is why her face was distorted because she saw it in her own face. Like, she saw her sister in her own face. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, just click. <laughs> we'll jump ahead. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Danny experiences this horrible tragedy. Christian, who is the boyfriend, decides to stay with her largely because of it. Yes. Which is understandable, but probably not a great idea. Right. Um... And about six months goes by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this happened in winter, like it's snowing and all yeah, that it's it's and... snowing right. So at, at the latest, it's like February, right? Probably, and then mm-hmm. you jump to June. Mm-hmm. Um, so before this happened, like this had been in the works for a while. Um, Christian and his friends, who are all studying anthropology. Mm-hmm decide to go with their friend Pele, who is from Sweden, mm-hmm. to his village where he's part of this very small pagan commune mm-hmm. um, to witness their midsummer festival. Right. And this one's a big one. It's not a normal midsummer festival. This is like a, a special festival that takes place every 90 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about that because that's some of my questions, which, which Sean actually explained, but we will explain it to you in case you have the, more, the same questions. Um, so you have Pele, who is the guy who's actually from Sweden. Um, you have Josh, who is studying specifically midsummer practices throughout Europe. Like right. that's his that's his thesis. Uh, Mark, who doesn't really seem to care about anthropology, he might not even be an anthropologist. He they, he just might be a friend. He's just a guy who's like yeah. sure I'll go. Um, who's also like why are you friends with him? He is not a very nice boy. And uh, and then you have Danny because out of guilt. Because he was going to try to sort of, like, pull one off and just, like, leave without her. Right. So, I'm like, you're just going to go to Sweden for... Right. Yeah. What, I mean, it... two weeks? No, a, week? a month. It Was it a month? Is it was it a month. month? So, okay. he, yeah. it was two weeks notice. Right. That's what They said, we're leaving in two weeks for a month. And right. she was like, uh-huh, excuse me. And, like, perfectly reasonable thing to be upset about. Right. That your significant other is like, peace out, bye. Uh-huh. In two weeks, I'll be gone for a month. Right. And like, fine, cool, go. It's an amazing experience. Have at right. it. But like, just why? Why not tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Like. Because if, if you were an adult, like you physically are. Right. Um, like you claim to be. Right. You claim then, that I'm the one who's acting like a child. Right. Oh. Then you could have just told me and been like, I don't feel like it's appropriate for you to come with. Mm-hmm. And have that conversation. Like an adult. But, but instead. Instead, he, he, instead he tries to hide it from her as long as he can. Right. And then blames her. Blames for... her. 
Whatever. And then out of guilt, because he realizes that he just did a really dick move, invites yep. her along, assuming that she will not come because she has been trauma- traumatized and laying in bed for the last six months. Right. Um, but she does come. Right. And Which would would have been good. Well, it is good for her in a way, mm-hmm. in its own way. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I think she, she certainly processes her family's death. Right. Mostly. In a way. But... It, but I do feel like overall, like it's good to get away from that surrounding. You're in like, right? I mean, yes. You need to get when, away. Yes, like when you are in the 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 throes of your trauma and the depths of your depression, like a, a an impromptu trip to a beautiful place. Yeah, it would be like like the best medicine there could be. Right. Well, except for actual medicine. Like, let's be clear. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Remember last week? We are not anti-medicine. Therapy. But <laughs> therapy. Ther- ther- therapy. Pharmaceuticals can be a beautiful thing, folks. Yes. But, um, but, like, it would have been good for her if it wasn't what it was. Right. If it was just like a nice trip to Sweden. However. However. <laughs> and this is actually, this is actually a moment, like, we were talking a little bit already about the cinematography and how masterful the cinematography is. Mm-hmm. The transition from the scene where he informs his friends that he's invited Danny along, but she's not going to come. Mm-hmm. And then Danny shows up and she's talking about it with them. And uh, Pele, who clearly has a crush on her. Right. I I think that it's only a part. I, I don't know if it's a full crush. I do think that there's something there, but I think that it's intentional. Well, yeah. I mean, he might be, but but he still does it even after she's there and she's fully in. Like, he kisses her. True. So I think part of the motivation for him to get her to go is because he wants to keep her. Right. Right. In the same True. way. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah. That's in, in the same way, because, like, clearly these people are not, are not, you know, huge on like healthy relationship practices either right in the same way that um maya maja maya maya the redhead the girl maya yeah maya. in the same way that she is using sort of um backhand techniques to get christian right i think that i think that pele is is interested in keeping mm-hmm. danny and he brings her along because he knows that she he knows that they will have enough people Right. That she won't have to die. Uh-huh. And, like, maybe he can just keep her. Right. Um, but, yes, it could, also, it could also be read as a manipulation because she is in this horrible, like, very unhealthy, unsupportive relationship that she mm-hmm. will be more likely to go with them if he's kind to her right. and shows genuine interest and, like, right. that she will just follow him like a little moth to a flame. Yep. Literally. Um... <laughs> A lot of flame at the end of this. Yes. Um, but that moment where he mentions her family and she can't handle it and she's like, I'm sorry, I just have to go to the bathroom. And then there's that. And suddenly she's in the airplane bathroom. Uh-huh. Is like just a gorgeous piece of editing. Oh, yeah. Like, because it's just like, it's so disorienting. Mm-hmm. Right, but and such some, a smooth transition. Such a smooth time. transition, and like, oh, she is going. She's uh-huh. on the plane. Right, but she's not happy about it because she's in the bathroom sobbing. Right. Up until then, 
the cinematography is fairly traditional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, shot, reverse shot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty normal. From then on, that is the first time that the cinematography sort of takes a left turn and right. becomes intentionally disorienting. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it starts even when she's on the plane. Yes. Right? Like, just the decision to go. Mm-hmm. Can I backtrack for a quick second? Because Absolutely. there's Always. just something that I realized that I forgot to mention. Sure. So, there is a moment where she is laying in her bed. Uh-huh. You see her in her bed, uh-huh. and there's a picture above her bed. And it is of a girl mm-hmm. with a flower crown mm-hmm. touching the nose of a bear. Oh. Uh-huh. I was like, huh. Huh. That's uh, interesting because she's not. I, I wonder if, is that supposed to be his apartment? No, no, that's no, hers. That's her apartment? Uh-huh. That's interesting just because she's not, she's not really into this stuff. Right. She's the psychology student. Right. But I suppose it's just a pretty picture. It could, I mean, it was a, it was a very beautiful image. So mm-hmm. it was just a really nice painting. Right. It was just, you know, the, the 20 teen. So they get high as soon as they hit Swedish soil. Yep. On shrooms. Uh-huh. Uh, Danny has a bad trip. A bad trip. Bad trip. Sees her dead sister. Her face gets all weird. Oh, so you can talk about her face getting weird. Yes. So, uh, one of the many subtle, uh, very subtle visual uh, experiences, that, subtle visual references that you see in this movie. Mm-hmm. So... So, obviously, one thing to address is that when you are on drugs, you don't look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah, bad idea. It's not a good time. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. 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 Rule of thumb. I'm not even saying from experience. I just just, just know to not do that. It just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Danny ends up freaking out, runs away trying mm-hmm. to get somewhere, finds this little, I guess it's... It, I think it's an outhouse. Yeah, it looks like an outhouse. Yeah. Like a pretty nice size outhouse. But um, but runs to this outhouse, lights a match, which is when you see her dead sister with the tape over her mouth and the like tube in her mouth and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, her sister as she looked when she died. Yes, in the reflection mm-hmm. for a split second. Mm-hmm. And then she lights another match or whatever and, and ends up looking at her face in the mirror. And her face ends up becoming deformed to look like her dead sister. Right. The sort of... Uh... With her with her blown out pupil and mm-hmm. like just... So this is something that I really loved with this movie is that when they are high on whatever the fuck they're on which is most of the movie i right most of the movie um you experience in a way that high with them Mm -hmm. because everything is physically breathing Mm -hmm. is literally looks like it's breathing Mm -hmm. obviously trees breathe photosynthesis is a thing but (laughs) right but they don't they don't they don't move no but they are literally moving with... As if they have lungs. It, it, yes. But that was one of the biggest 
aspects of that breathing situation that was going on with the drugs. Mm-hmm. That was a very big point mm-hmm. for her because that is when she fucking loses it mm-hmm. and runs the fuck off. <laughs> yep, runs into the woods. And then gets lost for six hours. Well, no, no, no. She passes out for six hours. Oh, yeah. They had found her there six hours before and just kind of like sat there. Oh, right. <laughs> and waited for her to wake up. It took her six hours to wake up. Yep. We don't actually know how long she had been gone. Right. Because how long had they been looking for her right. before that six hours mm-hmm. that they sat there with her? Because right. mind you, this is another thing that I mentioned, which is really uh, uh, disorienting, is that because of the time of the year, because that is one thing with summer solstice is it's the longest day of the year it is the day with the most sun out of the entire year anywhere anywhere but in in any sort of extreme nordic extreme nordic environment like an arctic environment Uh that means that there's probably about an hour and a half of night right and they never get full darkness right right now Mm -hmm. it doesn't get fully dark right um it's like twilight right which I can say from experience going to Alaska for a week was mm-hmm. a little disorienting. Um, a little bit. We went a little bit later, being at the end of July. Right. So it was a little um, more even. Yeah. But um, but still, but still, it didn't get dark until midnight. Yeah. So. I did find it funny, though, because we do live in Michigan. And Michigan is in this weird position where we are pretty far north. Um, and we're also very far west for the time zone that we're in. Like we are, we are right on the cusp of the Eastern and the Central time zone. Yes. There are people who think we should be in the Central time zone, Mm -hmm. but because of that, Michigan actually has, and this is hilarious because in the winter it seems like it gets dark at 2 PM, Uh but Michigan actually has some of the latest sunsets in huh yeah it's true like michigan because of our position and the fact that we're still in the eastern time zone with mm-hmm. our position we get some of the latest sunsets in the summer interesting like for our for our time zone right um so like you know i i have friends who recently moved here from new jersey and they're like oh yeah it's it's like there's an extra hour of daylight here mm-hmm. because we're basically in the next time zone right right um, Which we deserve because fuck that winter is yes. awful. We deserve. I mean, we have like this. We are the second or third grayest state in the nation, and we yeah. are counting Alaska, yeah, which is actually Arctic. So right. like, we do deserve it. But I laughed out loud when he was talking about it being still light at nine p.m. and that was freaking him out. And I was right. like, "Welcome to June." Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was literally just sitting outside in in, in Sean's backyard at. 9 p.m. and it was perfectly bright out like yeah it was still daylight um so they're clearly not from michigan no 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 they are from somewhere that's cold at least though they are i i i've i look like they were from chicago right which it would be they're in the next time they're in the next time zone yeah so it would it would still be a little bit earlier right and just barely just barely yeah 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 i mean we are it's literally like you you drive for two hours and you're in the next time zone right um, was neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, so they are all, they are all disoriented because they're not used to this midnight sun. 
Mm-hmm. They're all disoriented because they're they're in a foreign country. None of them speak the language. Um, now all the Swedes speak English because that's how the world works. Right. The Americans don't speak the language, and the, the like foreign national of your choice does. Um, but. Uh, and then we give them shit for not speaking perfect English. Right. That's the fucking logic is baffling. Right. I we know. don't need to get into it, though. I know. <laughs> We're the worst. But, I mean, we are. Um, but, so they're disoriented because of that. They're disoriented because of the cultural differences. And on top of all that, they're taking a shit ton of drugs. Yep. So, like, this is... This, like, even if it were less extreme, was probably a recipe for disaster. Oh, yeah. Not quite this level of disaster. Mm-hmm. Because this turns left quick. Real quick. <laughs> Real quick. Um, but the ritual, the, the first ritual that we watch is actually a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a thing that happens in, in some particularly ancient, like, I don't, right. I don't think there are actually any modern societies that do this, but. But we also don't know. We don't know, because they could be hiding in the woods doing it like these people do. Right. But yes, on only the second day they're there. So they get there, they like, you know, they get there. There's like some weird, there's like some weird flute playing and like some people doing some like strange looking Tai Chi or something. But like nothing that's particularly alarming. Right. Right. It's different. It's clearly like based on ancient traditions. Right. But none of them are alarmed. They're still like, oh, this is interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Pele Pele mentions that the next morning they're going to witness an ete stupa. Um, And Josh who is really the only real anthropologist in this entire goddamn group. Yep. Because that's the other thing about Christian, the boyfriend, is that he's not a good anthropologist. No. Like, he's just sort of dicking around with his life in general. Uh Uh-huh. Like, he doesn't know what his thesis is going to be on. He's not passionate. He's not passionate about anything, really. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's... uh, He's not good at it, but Josh is. Mm-hmm. Josh, Josh is in this, and so he immediately is like, "Wait a minute, an actual atestupa?" Mm-hmm. And Pele's like, "Yep." And and Christian, being not a very good anthropologist, is like, "What the fuck is that?" And they won't tell him, right? <laughs> Which they really should have told him. <laughs> yeah, like there are things that'd be like, "Oh, it's gonna be a fun surprise." This is not a fun surprise. No, 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 no. I feel like everyone that was involved should have been aware of what Should have was been going to well happen. aware. So everyone should have been well, well warned. Yeah. Because an Eta Stupa is a ritual suicide. Yes. Um, earlier, Pele had explained that his people, who are called the Horga, I think. Um, yeah, no, that's right. The Horga. Mm-hmm. Uh, that his people, who are called the Horga, have this sort of very specific life cycle where from zero to 18 you are considered in the spring of your life and you are considered a child from Mm -hmm. 18 to 36 you are in the summer of your life and you know this is the time where you do like all of your major learning and your traveling and and all of the sort of Mm -hmm. outside things right right very uh it 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 has the feel of like a rumspringa right of from like amish people right Mm -hmm. Um, like that kind of kind of deal from like eighteen to thirty six. Uh, you're also assuming that this is when you have babies, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. eighteen to thirty six. Um, from thirty six to fifty four, you are in the autumn of your life, 
and you that is when you are working um which is interesting yeah because it's usually the other way around right um and then from 54 to 72 you are in the winter of your life and that is when you are an elder Mm -hmm. and you are you know a, a mentor to the younger people in the village mm -hmm. and they ask him what happens in 72 and he makes this sort of like throat slash like like little tongue-in-cheek right like it's over at 72 right. and they all laugh because they think he's joking but he's not he's not because he, he's playing it off but he's playing it off because because to him it's not it's no big deal right it's just what happens mm -hmm. um and here's here's the difference okay and i feel like we should say this now the difference between the way that societies that have performed, like, mainly in, in the ancient past, because this, this is mainly in the ancient past, mm -hmm. uh, ritual human sacrifice, is that most of the time, the sacrifice was a volunteer. <laughs> like, yes. in the movies, it is almost always that the sacrifice is pulled kicking and screaming. Right. To the altar, mm -hmm. to the cliff, to whatever, whatever the, the means of the sacrifice is. Right. And they're not, though. But, and they are not. This is right. actually a pretty realistic portrayal. Yes. But what I'm saying is, like, that compared to what happens later. Oh, yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. This isn't actually. True facts. Like, in most societies, the gods would not be pleased with someone that you murdered. <laughs> uh, no. It would have to be someone who volunteered. Right. Um, but. Like the boy, also, right? Had they allowed him right. to, to carry through, mm -hmm. to carry through with it. Um, and that's the boy who, who is going to allow himself to be thrown in the river if you're watching the director's cut. Right. Which is somehow even longer. By a half hour. I mean, it's so long. This is a long film. Uh -huh. Just warning you, if you haven't seen it yet, just like make sure that you, you hunker down and you are ready because it is uh -huh. almost three hours long. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I watched this in preparation starting at like midnight of course we did because <laughs> what do i make choices <laughs> and then i'm like oh it's done i almost turned it off early and i was gonna finish it on lunch and i was like mm, just, <laughs> just do, do it, it. Just, yeah. do it. Yeah. just do it um but yes yeah, so this is this is a ritual suicide mm -hmm. uh the so once you have sort of phased out of the horga life cycle as they call it you you jump off a cliff mm -hmm. and i did look it up because i didn't know if the method was the same as the actual tradition or if they did mm -hmm. that just because for like cinematic effect mm -hmm. but no in the actual tradition people used to jump off cliffs yeah and i'm like they make so many weird tonics and teas and it's like couldn't you have just given them some nice hemlock and let them go to sleep like why why are they jumping off cliffs I like that's a particularly gruesome way to go um as as we see because like the one woman's head just explodes like a watermelon like it's yeah well the woman there's a woman and a man right um her head explodes like a watermelon which is a it's just a great effect like oh it yeah. is like it, it is it is one of those moments where it's like whoa like that is it's... realistic i mean i've never seen anyone jump off cliff so i don't i actually don't know what somebody would look like once they've jumped off the cliff, but you would imagine they look like that. Right. Um, and that was, this was the real, this was the turning point. This was the point where it went from like zero 
to 100. Right, exactly. Because after yeah. that, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Right. Um, but, yeah, and that's the... But even at that point, because they are volunteers and because it is sort of a... At one point was a relatively widespread tradition. Mm-hmm. The anthropologist in the group, which makes me wonder. I'm a little curious as to, like, Ari Aster is, like, just doesn't like anthropologists. <laughs> I'm like, was the partner that you were with an anthropologist? Was the breakup, were they an anthropologist? <laughs> because you're, you're, not, you're not paying them in very favorable terms here. No. And, like, there are, in, in fairness, and I say this as an art historian, which is, like, anthropology adjacent, mm-hmm. like, there there's often there's often reason to to paint anthropologists especially <laughs> especially anthropologists in like the 19th century in not so great a light but like this seems extreme um right. but a little excessive a little excessive like maybe maybe slightly more than they deserve right um so the anthropologists in the room were like no it's fine this is just their culture right mm-hmm. And, I mean, he does make an excellent point where, like, we, we stick our elderly in nursing homes and allow them to waste away. And these these people take control of their own destiny and, like, do this voluntarily. Right. So, like, which is worse. Right? And and so they're all kind of like, well, that was awful and gruesome and we can't believe we just watched that. But, like, okay. <laughs> right. A warning. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Warning would have been nice. Yeah. Like that little, like the little, like you know, bullshit or smirk between Pele and Josh, when they would yeah. not tell them what it meant, was really very cruel. Yeah, especially for a woman who had lost her entire family to murder suicide. Literally, like <laughs> I'm like Josh, like you know, they both know. Right, but he also doesn't care about her. He doesn't. No. So why bother telling her when yeah. he doesn't? He Neither even... Josh nor Mark care no. about her at all. No. What, and he didn't even want her here. They, neither of them wanted her neither here. Neither of them wanted him there. I mean, Josh was a little cooler about it than Mark. Right. But still, all Josh cares about is his research. Right. That's, That's what he's there Josh for. Cares about. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't care what else happens as uh-huh. long as he gets his research. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is actually the part where I, got, where I started getting confused about the every 90 years thing. Mm-hmm. Because clearly there would be 73-year-olds... More often than 90 years. Right. Every 90 years, because that's how math works. Right. So, <laughs> I was like, and the it wasn't like they happened to be the 73-year-olds when this was happening, because then the the sort of, um, I keep wanting to say Sia, but I don't think that's her name. <laughs> Is that her name? Uh, or am I just thinking that she's swinging from chandeliers? <laughs> <laughs> from the movie yeah the like head lady oh that that was you said her name earlier um maja no maya's the the but there's red. maja who is i think that's her oh. let me look her up real quick is it oh is it siv siv yeah yes who's not hanging from chandelier um when siv the sort of who who appears to be the the sort of leader sort of to the extent that there is a leader. It is Maya, by the way. It's Ma- it, M-H-A-A. But it's, they pronounce it Maya. They pronounce it Maya. They definitely do. Yeah. Um, but when she is defending this practice to them, 
she says, when it is my turn, I will gladly go as well. Right. Which, like, clearly that's not 90 years from now. So I, I got confused by that. Right. Um, and then there was another thing where um, later on we'll talk about the competition for the May Queen. Mm-hmm. And there were photographs of past May Queens. And there were quite right. a few of them. And yes. There's only been a couple of 90-year intervals where there could have been a photograph of the May Queen. Right. Um, but Sean hypothesized that the only part of this that only happens every 90 years is the ritual sacrifice at the end. Yes. And I think that that probably makes more sense. Yeah. Like, the May Queen makes sense to happen every year because this is an annual tradition. Right. But... And the Etastupa probably happens, maybe not every year, because maybe not... Maybe right. the intervals are such that there's not a 72-year-old every single right. year, this... but that it happens when there are when they're there. Exactly. I mean, this is not a huge... Not remotely a a huge uh, commune. Right. It would be reasonable to assume that maybe there's only a 73-year-old every five years. Right. You know, but mm-hmm. but it would certainly be more than... Less than 90, because... Right. Math. Mm-hmm. So that's how time works. Right. Um, and, uh... Like, I, I can imagine more aspects than just the the um, the Etastupa and the May Queen of these traditions happen every single year. Right. But, but I do not believe that the finale... Happens every year. Yes. I mean, it could... There'd be a lot of wood to build. It would be a lot of wood to build... And it would be a lot of randomly disappearing people. Yes. Like, it would be a lot of attention. Yep. Because, like, someone is going to ha- wonder what happened to these people. Mm-hmm. Like, her family's gone, but the others have families. Right. Like, one would assume. They have mm-hmm. classmates. There's the friend that texted her to wish her happy birthday. Right. Like, they're going to wonder what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you did that and like one group of friends going missing in the Arctic woods, like, oh, well, that's just a tragedy. They got lost and died of exposure. Right. They got eaten by a bear. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of true. But. Well. <laughs> just the one. Um, but, you know, if you did that every year, people would start to notice. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's, it's the only way that it works. Mm-hmm. Is that that part is every 90 years, but everything else. Because also all of the other things, the young people, even the very young people know exactly what to do. Yes. Right? And uh-huh. like, who, if everyone dies at 73, who would be keeping those traditions alive for 90 years at a time? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that's how, how it works. I think you are correct there. Um, so yes, yeah, so that is that is the first thing, uh, and after the Atastupa, things go downhill real fast. Real fast. And this is where we enter into the slasher phase, mm-hmm. because at its core, this is just this, this is just this like straight up slasher movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's and there it's like and then there were none. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one by one. Well, you have two aspects to this because it's a slasher film mm-hmm. at its core, but it's also a breakup film. Right, which is an interesting combination. I mean <laughs> you're like ari are you okay <laughs> i mean 
probably after this, he got all of his shit out. <laughs> I know, right? Right. I mean, we said it was cathartic, so right. I guess, guess it is. What's the answer? And what's interesting is that at first you play it off because I mean, if you've literally ever watched a horror movie, you understand that they're being killed. Yes. That they're not leaving. They're being killed. Mm-hmm. However, I thought that it was only the ones who disrespected the tradition. Right. At first. Uh-huh. I didn't realize until pretty close to the end that, like, they had been pre-selected for this. Right. Um, because the first one to go is Simon, who is yep. the the British chap that mm-hmm. um, one of the other young men brought, Ingemar. Right. He brought them from England. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon and Connie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Simon was the first to go, and then Connie is the second to go. And they were the ones that were very vocal about their disapproval of the Etastupa. Right. Right. Whereas the Americans weren't. Right. They were like, well, they were like tradition. shocked right. into silence. Mm-hmm. During the actual thing, and then, like I said, the anthropologists were kind of like, "Well, maybe we're not right." And and like, Danny was freaking out, but she eventually calmed down. Right. Um, although she did, she did want to leave. Oh yes. Um. So yeah, so Simon disappears first, and then Connie disappears, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh yeah, they left." Right. And and no one really questions that because it was clear during the Atastupa that they were not interested in participating in this anymore. Well, the only one that questions it is Danny. And she, and I, I, so. But if you're watching the director's cut. Right. Well, so that's, so I want to say this now Mm -hmm. because I hadn't said it yet. And we, we partially just a little bit. So when I rewatched this movie, I watched the director's cut specifically Mm -hmm. and it Katie did not. I had and, only seen the theatrical cut. Right. And I, I, when I rewatched it, I, I watched it again. Mm-hmm. So there are there are things that I had seen that you may not have because if, if you just watched the original version. Right. So there may be things in here that, that I'm addressing that you're like, what? <laughs> what is he talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, well, watch the director's cut. Right. Do yourself so you a favor. The, so you got the director's cut. Um, because, yes, that is that is a... I actually agree with you because we just watched the scene that it's it's a critically important conversation. Yes. Where Danny's like, why would they bring us here? Why right. would they let us see all this? Mm-hmm. This doesn't make any sense. Like, they don't want anyone to document it. They're being pretty clear about the fact that they don't want anyone to document it. Why mm-hmm. are we here? Right. Well, not only does that conversation happen too, like, there's that, but there's a point where, where uh, Connie is trying to... Uh, both... Um, Connie and Simon are wanting to leave. Simon suddenly is apparently gone. Right. And, and Connie and is like, told the that fuck? there were only two seats in the truck. Right. So they're going like, to come back for her. Right. And she's like, hi, I could have sat on his lap. Like, uh, th- 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 it doesn't make any sense. Right. There's also the back of the truck. Right. Hi. Do you know how trucks work? <laughs> <laughs> like you, just you know what makes a truck a truck? Throw me in the bed of that truck and I'll be fine. Hi. Right. Um, so supposedly... Simon left and this this whole situation happens in front of Danny. Right. And I will say that in the theatrical cut she does still question why like she also is like I don't think Simon would have left without her. I right. don't understand why Simon left without right. her. And she brings us up 
specifically to uh to christian Mm -hmm. and he's like oh yeah that's weird so anyways incest right he goes back to his conversation and i'm like so you don't you just don't give a fuck right period yeah right cool who are these people right so um so a couple of things just to address in general so there so throughout this film pale is specifically nice to danny right and gives no fucks once they're there, he gives no fucks about anyone else. No, he does not even really talk to them. No. He's explaining the culture to Danny specifically. And then when Josh is, like, asking about it a little bit more, he's like, I'll tell you later. Yeah. Like, dismissive completely. Because he wants her to be involved. He wants her to enjoy right. the culture that they're in and be intrigued and, and want to stay. And, yes. And he specifically mentions that he was excited about her coming because she has fresh eyes and she's not an anthropologist and she's not going to say this is just like the Saki Saints. Right. She's not going to say this is just like the Rumsburga. Uh-huh. Right? That was me. I said that. <laughs> <laughs> so first Simon and Connie go and then Mark mm-hmm. who had urinated on the ancestral tree. <sighs> yeah, Mark just made just some choices. Dumb. Just speak old dumb. Yeah. And then is com- like... Is like, it's should I apologize? Right. He's he's not very... He's like, this is no big deal. Right. I'm like, dude, you made a man cry. Well, and also it's like, why were you pissing in the middle of the square? Like... And why on that tree specifically? Right. Just because like, it's dead? There's a whole forest. Right. Like, do you have no... Like, go to the forest. Also, there are outhouses. <laughs> like... Like, I don't understand. I mean, I get it. I get that they're all like drunk and high the whole time. Right. On various things. Um, but like, yeah. But also no care in the fucking world. Yeah. Like he just, they just don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's the next to go. Then Josh goes. And what Josh is doing when he goes leads you to believe that it is specifically the people who are disrespecting the traditions that are getting killed. Sorry. That's okay. Um, because he was shown their sacred book. And he asks if he can photograph it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, absolutely fucking not, you can't. Right. And he sneaks into the temple at night to photograph it anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's killed. Right. So again, you're still being led to believe that it is due to their behavior that they have been selected. Mm-hmm. It's not really until you get to Christian. Right. Who... While it is because of his behavior that he's selected in the end. Right. By her. Mm-hmm. What they do to him, he has not done anything to disrespect them. No. He has been mm-hmm. 100% on board the whole time. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done anything to offend any of them, which is why they want him to mate with the girl. Right. Well, she, and she, that was the whole thing is like, she found him and well, I mean, immediately yeah, fell she, in love with him. Right. And... She like, she, yeah, she was attracted to him. So right. that helps. <laughs> right. Certainly. Um, and the whole, you know, mating process. Right. Generally. Yeah. It's really not until that point that you're like, oh, that's why they're here. Uh-huh. Like this was going to happen anyway, no matter how they reacted the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Pelly just did real good picking people. He did. <laughs> and he did real good in convincing them that mm-hmm. to come. Right. And he celebrated for it. He is. He gets a nice little pat. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Um, so we actually, we should mention Maya. I think we mentioned her briefly, but, but we didn't we didn't explain who she was. Maya is a girl in the commune who takes a shine to Christian. Mm-hmm. And this adds another layer of tension to his relationship with Danny. Right. Because at first he is not at all interested in this girl. She's a random girl that's in the crowd. Right. Um, but he's enjoying the attention. Right. I think he's enjoying the attention right up to the pubic hair. And then he's like, okay, now I'm creeped out. Yeah. So did you notice another aspect of that meal? So if you, and I know, I really noticed it this time around. So all the drinks Mm -hmm. were all yellow. Mm -hmm. His was orange. Yeah. And if you, if you recall back a little bit further when they go through that image of literally what is playing out in front of him, essentially. Right. The tapestry. Yes. Yeah. Um, that there is absolutely menstrual blood in that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't notice it the first time around that I watched this and that I watched it this time and I was like, oh no. Right, yeah. <laughs> so so they have they have a belief in, uh, you know, in a sort of folk magic mm-hmm. love spell right. that involves a woman feeding a man her pubic hair and her menstrual blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what Maya does to Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think Christian saw that tapestry. No, he didn't. He wasn't in that group that was looking at it. No, because that was Simon and Connie. That was Simon and Connie. After they saw the bear. And they were like, why is there a fucking bear? And he's like, it's a bear. And Amar was like, it's a bear. (laughs) (laughs) It really does have, have moments of genuine comedy. Yes, it does. There are the moments where you're kind of laughing at it going like, am I supposed to be laughing at but then oh, yeah. there are moments where like this is this is funny. Like, oh, yeah. this is very funny. Yeah, there's there's a moment that I want to talk about later that I yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so so she has has set her sights on him and at some point mm-hmm. Siv actually right after Josh disappears. Because yes. the Horga to continue to fool Danny and Christian that nothing nefarious is going on. Set it up to make it look like Josh has stolen the book and ran away. Right. Um, and so, you know, Christian is trying to, like, distance himself from that. He's like, I, I don't, I know that how this looks, but I don't think he did it. But also, if he did it, then we were not involved. Like, Well, and not only did he do that, but he was like, he was like, and I'm not a part of his, like, he tried distancing, distancing himself from Josh. Oh, yeah, entirely. And I was like, wow, you are a dick. Yeah. Dick. Well, and because he, he, he's like, one would think you would be concerned that now four people have disappeared. Oh, just to add to, um, the dickishness that is Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, so this whole time, obviously Josh is, is like, has his plan of his thesis for, for his schooling. Mm -hmm. Um, and Christian has no idea what he wants to do. 
right. he's like it'll be something and he's like gradually kind of like maybe i'll do mm. something scandinavian yes now he's like i'm gonna do exactly what you're doing right and we can collaborate like trying to make it seem like it's his idea originally right i'm like dude yeah it's pretty shady Like, <laughs> let's not be the white guy, okay? I mean, come on. Um. So it is, but it is right after Joss disappears, and and he puts on that little display that he mm-hmm. is called into the principal's office, and <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looks like, and uh, told that he has been approved to mate with Maya. Yes, and he's like, cool, but. I don't know her. What's funny though is he's like <laughs> he's like he's like. Can I can I, basically like can I, basically can I watch without participating. Is what he says. Right, like he wants he wants to see the sort of mating ritual. Right. But he's like, does it have to be me? Right. <laughs> and then he's like, I think I ate some of her pubic hair. <laughs> Sip goes. That's probably right. <laughs> it's like no big deal. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Um. So it is at this point that things are escalating very quickly. Mm-hmm. So uh, Christian gets pulled into the principal's office, and Danny is told that she's going to participate with the women for the day. Yes. Which is the dance competition. Uh-huh. And the dance competition is the only part of this whole goddamn thing that looks fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, it actually looks like a good time. I mean, like, even with being on Mushrooms, I feel like that would be a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the whole point of the dance competition is that the... The Dark One, or, you know, the, the devil, right? Like, whatever their version of the devil is. They call it the Dark One. Um, made the maidens in the village dance until they died. Right. So, to commemorate that, they dance until they fall down. Mm-hmm. So, they have all of these very intricate steps. They're all high, because they, they drank a psychedelic tea. Right. Like, whatever's in the tea. Um, but it's, it's a psychedelic tea. So, they're all high. They're all dancing in these, like, very intricate steps. And so, like... They'll either just get dizzy and fall down, or they'll bump into each other and fall down. Right? Like, they mm-hmm. But it's basically you are out once you hit the ground. Right. And then you, like, you go and you sit down. And, and last woman standing, quite literally, wins. And uh, it's a it's a fantastic sequence. Like, I think it's my favorite sequence of the yeah, entire movie. It's, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and I love it, too, because, like, this whole movie, uh, anytime that anyone is basically stoned out of the gourd they're experiencing everything breathing and the one thing that i really enjoy is the the movement of people's faces Mm -hmm. and and the morphing that happens with Mm -hmm. them and it's just it's it's weird but it's also kind of pretty because it's so fluid right and everything's just flowing together and it is legitimately joyous yes Yes. Like this is the only ritual that we see where there's no death. Uh-huh. There there's no there's no like fake out death like oh we're going to throw him in the river and then we don't. Right? right? Like Mhm. You know, um 
this this is the only time where they're having fun and Danny's having fun. Right, this is like the first time that she's like really enjoying herself in in like months. Months. Yeah, like since Really, I mean, since before her parents, right. her family's death. I shouldn't say mm-hmm. her parents. She obviously is grieving your sister as well. Her family's right. death. Um, but notice who's also not here while she's enjoying herself. Oh, he's there. He's watching. For part of it. For part of it, he's watching, and, and he's he's not enjoying himself because whatever they gave him. <laughs> right. It's not having the same effect on him that it was having on everybody else. Right. But but there is a moment where like the only moment where her joy stops is when she sees him. Yep. Like her smile mm-hmm. falls off her face. Mm-hmm. And then they start dancing again, and the you know the joy comes back and she wins. She mm-hmm. wins the competition, so she's the May Queen. Um. We do not know why it's called the May Queen if this takes place in June. Except that May Queen yeah, sounds better than June Queen. That's so. the one that I just can't. I can't explain. I mean, like I can throw it out to my all the, all my other. The same reason as all the other things that are unexplained is it's just part of their culture. Right. Right. For sure. But it does also take place in June, so it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um. So. She's the May Queen. Mm-hmm. She's stoned out of her mind. She's seeing her dead mother. Sean just pointed out to me, (laughs) and I had not noticed this Mm -hmm. at all, that as she's being sort of uh, hoisted and carried off like some kind of horror, right? Uh Like, uh, if you look at the trees behind her, there is a face Mm -hmm. in the trees. And we're pretty sure it's her sister's face. Yes. And it's for a split second. It's you, for a split second. It's it's off to the left of her. Mm-hmm. And you only, yeah, you only get a quick visual of it. And, and she doesn't see it. No. She sees her mother. Uh-huh. But it's a it's a quick reminder is, I'm always here. I'm always this watching. Is, this is in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like in the outhouse when she saw her in the mirror. Exactly. She's this always... trauma is... is and she right never, and yes, exactly. It's, it's right. It's always at the periphery because mm-hmm. there's also a scene where she just has a straight up flashback mm-hmm. of herself and her parents and her sister sitting on the couch watching a movie. And she sees the sister, she and her sister look at each other out of the corners of their eyes. Mm-hmm. She is never shown looking straight at her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, So, uh, she gets carried off to lead the feast mm-hmm. and she's, she's quite enjoying it. She's not quite sure what's going on, but she, she quite enjoys it. She's like, you know, they all sit down when she sits down and they all start eating when she starts eating and you know, all that fun. She's kind of having fun with it. And again, this is the portion of it where it's like, it's genuinely just fun and mm-hmm. like nothing, nothing bad happens. Right. Like even when... Siv is like, you're now going to go and bless our crops. All they do is like bury a steak. Right. And, and, <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> I don't mean to be dismissive, but like it's, it's not, there's nothing sort of like crazy that happens. No, it's like yeah. they have, they have like their, 
the the ritual during this part is that they they take a piece of meat from their livestock and they take a bit of their crop mm-hmm. and they put it in the ground and they bury it mm-hmm. right which is actually a, a relatively common mm-hmm. sort of sacrifice right like that's actually much more much more common than like you know somebody jumping off a cliff right um but um so you know she's out there having fun with her maidens and they're you know they're doing the little dance around the buried the buried sacrifice and everything meanwhile (laughs) right um they have gotten christian stoned off of his gourd oh yeah he's not doing well he's like shivering he's like confused (laughs) and can we just so there was that one moment when they were at dinner uh where he's stoned out of his mind and this really enhanced the visuals of this of this movie is when he's like what's happening to the guys next to him and and the guy just claps in his face and everything around him distorts ripples yeah and then christian goes what did why you did you do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> He's just like even more confused. Like right? nothing has been explained and like no. now people are clapping at me. I don't understand. Yeah, whatever drink that they gave him that had the whatever drug in it, like they definitely gave it to him like tenfold. Like, right. Was it was much stronger, stronger than anything that they had given any of yes. them before. Um so yeah, so they've gotten him stoned off his gourd. They Uh, and they lead him mm-hmm. to a shed where he is prepared. He is washed and he is mm-hmm. dressed in traditional clothing. Mm-hmm. And he is made to inhale yet another substance. Yes. For his vitality. And if he wasn't stoned off his mind, he would have known right then what was happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then he's led to a barn type building? Yeah. Temple? Barn? Yeah, it's like a... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's a temple. And there is uh, Maya. Mm Mm-hmm. Lying in a bed of flowers. Naked. And several of the elder women. Mm Mm-hmm. Also naked. Swaying and chanting around her. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is what they do every time someone has sex. Or if it's only because this is like... I think this is part of the... Part of the Nair thing. Because yeah. it's like the introduction of the new blood. Right. Because when they were talking about avoiding incest. Mm-hmm. And, and like, because there are there are actual material consequences to incest. Mm-hmm. Like, as, as... And they're aware of it. They're aware of it. And they know exactly... Because they control it in the, like, creation of these, like... Ones who walk away from Amala's children who can read the future for them. Like, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, when Josh says, so if Ruben dies, will you just wait for another baby who has these disabilities? And mm-hmm. they're like, basically like, oh, no, we created him this way. Right. Like, he was created via inbreeding, like, specifically. Mm-hmm. And Josh is like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's oh. when he, that's when he starts to break a little bit of like, okay, that's awful yeah <laughs> like you know like everything else he could sort of deal with but like the the specifically creating the child to to suffer right so that he could be their oracle was like he was like oh <laughs> like oh okay okay um but part of the conversation was that every once in a while they do have to invite an outsider mm-hmm. in to introduce a new bloodline right um because otherwise 
they it, would all merge. It's just too small of a community. Right. Like, um, they would just run out of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I, they are kind of going to run out of people anyway if they keep this up because yeah. they, they what? They end up killing four of their own? Uh, yeah. Yep. Four of their own and then the five outsiders. Yep. Right? And, and there was a single baby conceived. Like, that's not... <laughs> That's not replacement level. Like, your population is going to go down. Um. But at the same point, I imagine that, like, this is specific conception. I I don't know the reason behind this conception. Mm-hmm. Like, in comparison to... But I guess there was another baby. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, there are, other, there are other children that are there. True, 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 true. So, and maybe that baby that they were holding is a year old. Like, maybe they do only have a child every year. I mean, maybe. I mean, it would. I mean, it would make sense if you're. You know, if you have that small of a population. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just part of the tradition that's not explained. But right. They can only explain so much. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, the movie's already almost three hours long. Right. Like if they explained everything, God knows how long it'd be. Right. Um. But yes. So, and he he does start having sex with Maya. Mm-hmm. And he's a little perturbed by the fact that all of these other women are there. But it doesn't really stop him. No. And <laughs> he just kind of keeps going. And so this is, this is the part. Okay. So, so he's having sex with Maya, right? And. Who is young and pretty. Uh, right. Right. And, uh, like, everything's fine. And, like, yes, the women around him chanting and everything, but everything's going good. He's doing well at just kind of ignoring them. Right. And then Maya looks up at another woman, and she comes and holds her hand. Right. Well, she reaches for her. She reaches. Yes. She does reach for her. Mm-hmm. And she, she holds her hand, and then immediately starts singing into Christian's ear. Yeah, and he's like, what the, what the fuck is happening? Like, can I just... That was not something that I was... I was expecting that as much as Christian was in that moment. <laughs> So You're like I felt what he was feeling, yes. which was what? <laughs> yeah. That was that was the main moment where I actually laughed out loud in the theater when I was mm-hmm. watching this. Because it was just so And I'm like And it's one of those moments that is absolutely played for laughs. Oh, like, absolutely. His reaction where he's just like, What the What the fuck? And then he just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's okay, like, well, fine. okay. <laughs> this is just how this is gonna go. Like that whole scene though is just very weird, but it's it's not a tradition, it's not a norm that anyone here in America is used to. Right. And not saying that that's an actual norm in general, but like it's still right. something we don't that know is. If that's just I mean, right. I mean, there there are cultures where the the sort of consummation of a marriage, or you know, the the concept or like the attempted conception of you know a a, a child who would have a special bloodline like royalty mm-hmm. is observed. Right. And like in in sort of you know prior to I would say probably the mid nineteenth century. It wasn't that unusual in any culture right? for there to be observers. And this is a culture of tradition. Right. So of, of it makes sense. Traditions. Right. Uh, the part where I started laughing is when the, the woman started pushing out his butt. Yeah. So that was the next part that got me. Yes. Is when she's like, no, no, don't stop. And she's like, I'm just going to make you keep going. Right. Well, and, you're gonna and that was, inside of her. you're going to finish inside of her. So he didn't pull out. Right. Like they weren't going to do all this just for him to pull out at the last second. Right. So like it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, pretty rapey. Oh yeah. 
The whole thing is pretty rapey. Yeah. Like, he didn't really want to do this. And as soon as he sort of snapped out of the stupor from the drugs, he was like, wait, what just happened? Yeah. And he runs away. Uh-huh. And this is the part, this is like, in many ways, Christian is the final girl. Because <laughs> he's the one that starts finding all the bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is the moment where, like, the final girl realizes that something very wrong is going on here. Uh-huh. And, like, that... Yeah, it is kind of a switch up because, is, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's the final girl. But it makes more sense that way that that was a situation at hand because, like, I'm sure at some point Danny realizes what happened in a way, but she never sees anyone else. She never sees anyone else, but, I mean, they, they do essentially tell her. Right. That everyone else has been killed as well. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. She, yeah. But she doesn't see them. Right. Um, and she's also still drugged. She's also still drugged and has lost her mind. Yeah. Clearly. Like, <laughs> um, like fully. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so he, he, he runs out of, the temple or the barn, wherever wherever he was mm-hmm. having sex with Maya. And uh, first he sees Josh's foot yep. sticking out of a flower patch. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into a barn. for He goes into a, a chicken coop and sees a truly horrific. Yeah. Like this was the, the thing that came to my, I was like Hannibal. Yes. Like immediately. I'm yeah. like straight out of Hannibal. Yep. Um, cause like, okay, but here's my question and I want your opinion on this. Is he alive? He has to be. He's breathing. But is he breathing because he's still high? Like you see his lungs moving. Uh Uh-huh. But is Christian just hallucinating that his lungs are moving? Or is he actually Okay, you know what though? That's fair. That mm, didn't think about the fact that he was stoned. Like I I, I genuinely don't know. If you're supposed to read that as he actually still is alive and just being suspended like that. I... Because is that possible? That That's my thing. Because I feel like at that point you would die from trauma. Right. I mean, You've while had you would... your lungs ripped out of you. Well, you would die, die from blood loss. And I'm not sure right. your lungs would function properly. Right. In that position. Right. And how long had he been living? I mean, well, he'd been gone been... for days. Right. So how long has he been in that position? I mean... That it well, he's mean been that... gone for a day or two. Yeah. But, but and it doesn't mean that he's been like that the whole time. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I legitimately do not know if he's supposed to be alive or if that was just a very like elaborate staging of his yeah. body. I did not even think... I, I don't know how I didn't think about the fact that he was stoned, but... I, I mean, think, everything is breathing. Right. All the time. But at the same point, when he is having sex with Maya, that situation, that... that uh, visual distortion is mm-hmm. not happening with any of the women in that room. True. True, true, true. That's a good point. So it's kind of a toss-up, and I'm, it might be just something that's left up to interpretation. Right. It it that The lungs could have been breathing for dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think, I think that they were actually... The reason that I think that they were actually breathing is because they were actually inflating with air mm-hmm. instead of it being a visual distortion like everything else has been. Right. Yeah. I just don't see how it's possible. But I, I don't, mean, I don't either. But, but I, I mean, like, like, it's a horror movie deaths. Right. Like, who's who's to say? Like, they're very often, like, that's not how that would work. Right. Um, 
So yes, and then he is drugged again. Yes, but this is a different drug. But this is like <laughs> fucking succinylcholine. Uh huh. Something like, however they, you know, is that he is fully conscious, fully aware, but fully paradi- paralyzed. But fully paralyzed. Yeah. And they put him in literally the wheelchair from the changeling. Yep. I know I keep bringing this fucking movie up. But, <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> but it, it looks exactly like it. Um, and it, that might have been purposeful just as like a little little Easter egg wink. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard with that one because like it's such a, it's it's kind of such a niche movie. Although, mm-hmm. you know, it's Ari Aster, so. Right. Um these are both both of his films are very niche movies. Very niche movies. <laughs> this is not this is not your normal Saturday night here. No. Um, so one thing too to mention that just makes the whole situation worse for Danny mm-hmm. is after she's technically in the middle of her celebrating the mm-hmm. May Queen, um, they're trying to keep her away from the temple. Are they? That's mm, <laughs> Not very hard. I mean, they don't really try very hard. No. <laughs> They're like, you shouldn't go. Okay, okay. bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Here, we're all going to scream with you. Right. Right. Why? Mm. Why? Well, and I think, so that's, so that, <laughs> yes. So, so Danny ends up going up to the temple that Christian is in having sex with. Maya. Maya. Um. And ends up peeping through the keyhole and seeing everything that's going on in there mm-hmm. and has a full-blown panic attack. Total breakdown. Total breakdown. This is the ultimate breaking point for her. Because now, while she is fully aware of the fact that like their relationship is not going well, now he is stepping out on her and it is in front of her. Right. She is witnessing having sex with him having sex with another woman. It just, it took her over the edge. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it wasn't a long trip, but it, it did not. it did push her over the edge. It did. So she ends up going into a full panic attack and all of the women that were with her end up helping her breathe through it. And it's just, when you're watching that scene, it's a little bit like, what just what is happening but really what it is is that they're like we're here with you and we're here to help you through this well yeah and and they are specifically her cohort yes like she's the may queen mm-hmm. in the same way that everyone sat down when she sat down right everyone like they are supposedly connected to her right in in such an, a profound way mm-hmm. and one thing that also one thing that pele says to her is that he grew up in a community where he has been held. Right. He uses that word specifically. And he asks her if she feels as if she's held by Christian. Right. And after she sees Christian having sex with Maya, mm-hmm. they are literally all holding her. All of them. All of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that's the... That that is one of those moments where like I'm not entirely sure it was supposed to be played for laughs, but I did laugh when that was happening. I was yep. like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, yep. what is happening right now?" <laughs> but oh, um, yeah. so Christian gets paralyzed, wakes, gets kind of woken up. I guess it's not really waking up; it's more of like his eyes get opened, right? Becoming aware, yeah. yeah. 
literally his eyes are opened. Because mm-hmm. he can't move. Right. Um, oh. Sorry. And and Danny is part of part of her being May Queen this time around. <laughs> right. So we should explain what is fully happening here. Right. So like, you know, you know, full on going into this. Like, if you've ever seen a horror movie in your life. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like, there, there is a small part of my brain where I was like, well, I saw this the first time when it was called The Wicker Man. Right. 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 <laughs> but again, like I told Sean, if you, if, you, if you were really bothered by things being a little bit derivative, you would not like horror movies. Because <laughs> they all not are. The least. They all are. Yes. Um, but like... I knew within the first five minutes of them getting to Sweden that there was going to be human sacrifice involved. Oh, absolutely. Like, this is where this is going. Um, I just... The, the twist was how... The twist was her role in it. Yes. Like, that was, that was the element that they added mm-hmm. was her role in it. Um, so, every 90 years... Mm-hmm. They sacrifice nine people, which is a lot of people. I mean, I guess one for every decade since the last time it happened. Right. So, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Once every ten years? Yeah. All right. I mean, you know. I mean, you would think you would spread it out a little. Like, you know, do one every ten years instead of nine all at once. Um, but, so... The sacrifices include anyone who has um, committed the Abton Stupor. Mm-hmm. So they count. So those were the, the first two, this mm-hmm. particular year. I'm assuming that it would be different. Right. Depending on how many people were, you know, ready for that, that ritual in their lives. So I have a question about that. Yeah. So... This is the, this is the plot hole and maybe you can explain it to me. I can't. I think I know what you're going to say and I can't, but go ahead. <laughs> so the two people that performed the Atastupa mm-hmm. were burned. Yeah. Fully. Fully burned. Fully cremated. So who were the other two people that were stuffed at the end? Um, I think they were effigies, but I don't know why they would do that. Because it looked like people. It, it did. It looked like those were were human beings those right. like not by much because they're stuffed with stuff but right. like stuffed with stuff no i agree and i thought that too because they they point when they are explaining the whole thing mm-hmm. they point to two effigies of those two in the crowd right so i'm assuming that's what they were burning i guess that makes sense but they saved everybody else right. like they saved everyone else's bodies right so why did they burn those I, I am 100% on board with you. But I guess, like, and I get that, like, they saved them and burned them in the eternal fire that they have and put their ashes with that tree that have all their ancestors. But I was like, but then two of your people... Okay, okay. No, I think I just figured this out. Okay, tell me. So... I think all of the ashes that are surrounding that dead tree are people that specifically formed the performed the Atastupa. Right. That makes sense. The two that sacrificed themselves wouldn't be a part of that because they were not of age. Okay. 
That makes sense. So that's why you have those two effigies? Yes. In there. Of them. Of the two elders. Right. And then the two that were willing to sacrifice themselves. Willing to just burn themselves alive. Right. Which, whatever the fuck sap that they gave them, I was like, that's not... (laughs) Not, clearly not working. No. Because look at this guy. (laughs) I'm like, you should have given them some tea from earlier. Right? Or like, again, just a nice gentle poisoning. Come on. <laughs> Why do these sacrifices have to be so gruesome? Something that puts them to sleep. Yeah, like fully. Like, not going to feel a damn thing. Right. Like, everyone else gets to be dead before right. they get in there. Like, why, don't, why do they have to be alive? Well, I mean, except Christian. So every 90 years, mm-hmm. whoever has uh, performed the Atis Dupa counts. Mm-hmm. So this year it was two. And then there are... Two more, Horga, mm-hmm. who volunteer mm-hmm. to sacrifice themselves, which is how a human sacrifice works. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just murder. Right. And then they bring in uh, four new bloods. Right. At least four. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Five. Well, that's what I said. At least four. Well, no, at least five. Oh, 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 oh. But no, you're right. At least five because the last one has to be a choice. Right. Well, so I was going to ask that too. So is the tra- is it traditional for two of them to sacrifice themselves every time? Like, obviously, like the... the. I think that it would depend on how many people had performed the Atastupa. I guess that makes sense. Right. I didn't know if it was like if it was based on the amount of people that they brought there. I think that that is based on the amount of people that they. But no, I think that the idea is that there will be four horga and four non horga oh, sacrificed, okay. and then the choice between the last two. Right. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm on board now. Cool. So, the the four that had already been sacrificed, of course, were. Josh and Mark and Connie and Simon. Right. Right. They had already been sacrificed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final new blood that was a candidate for sacrifice was Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they do a literal lottery, like, hello, Shirley Jackson. I was going to say, I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm living for these references. Right. Um, to choose another Horka who is mm-hmm. a candidate. For sacrifice. Right. And the May Queen chooses between the New Blood and the Horga. Right. And Danny was very mad at Christian at the moment. Yeah. And she didn't she didn't know this other guy from Joe. Like, who the fuck's that? Right. Like, they don't mention him. No. Until that moment. It's like they're like, and the the person is blah blah. And you're like, what? Who's that? Because it is it's just random. It's just like right. a random guy. Right. And so, you know, you you cut to a uh, very uh, very upset looking Danny staring mm-hmm. Christiane down and Christiane looking back at her kind of knowing what her decision is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and let me just say not, 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 not to defend men on this podcast but <laughs> <laughs> straight men. Not to defend straight men on this podcast but Christian was a dick. <laughs> Not sure he deserved what he got. <laughs> like, no. I mean, a little but, extreme, honey. 
I mean, she was drugged. She was drugged. She was angry. And she's got to make a choice. That's true. I mean, I mean, I, one would assume that if the May Queen refuses, that it we're, would probably be her. We're going to save the lesser of two evils. Right. Right. And she doesn't know this other guy. Right. At all. So um, so this bear comes back around. Uh-huh. I just love... This is another thing that I, I, I legitimately absolutely love this. They mentioned that bear once. <laughs> and, it's a bear. <laughs> and literally... Yes. Like, literally, they, they, they purposely are obtuse about why the bear's there. Yep. They're like, mm-hmm. are we just not going to mention the bear? And he's like, it's a bear. <laughs> and like, that's like, he knew why the bear was there the whole time, right? right. Like, <laughs> But he's not going to mention to the people that they're sacrificing that it's right, for a sacrifice. Right, they don't, they don't want them to run away too soon. Right. <laughs> they have to do, I'm assuming, I mean, I don't know if there was some sort of like timing thing. Yeah. If like they had to go in a certain order or if they had to go at certain times, right? Like. Uh, I don't know if it would necessarily be that case. I feel like they did have specific, they, and, and it may have just been that these particular people were perfect for the particular roles that they were using for sacrifice. Like, and it's especially, um, obvious with Mark. Right. That he is the jester. He is the fool. Right. Yeah. And they were playing the fool. Um, and they're like, huh, practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to wear your face. Yep. Um, but so the next thing you see is, uh, the, the bear having been, uh, killed and skinned mm-hmm. or, or not even skinned really, but just yeah, like, just disemboweled. Just, yeah. Just disemboweled to form mm-hmm. a cavity. Right. Mm-hmm. Into which they can place Christian. Yep. And then they put him in the yellow, little yellow house that you've been seeing in the background the whole time. And, mm-hmm. like, just haven't even really noticed it. Like, you've seen people taking hay in there. Mm-hmm. Like. They're just like, yeah, it's a place. You don't go there because it's, it's sacred. Right. And yeah. That it's was like, it. that's part of the thing. But it, we're not there yet. Right. Um, and so they have these truly terrifying effigies of all mm-hmm. the, like, everyone except the two that did the Atastupa. Right. Um, those are like, you know, those faces are wooden. All the others, however, uh, are the actual heads of the people who have been killed. Yeah. On these like little scarecrow bodies. Mm-hmm. That they are, are taken into this place. Um, and the two who are going to sacrifice themselves by burning themselves alive. Yeah. Uh, just go in there and sit down. Uh-huh. And they give them a little you sap as if that's going to do anything. And then they put Christian in the middle. In his bear suit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they set the whole thing on fire. Uh-huh. This is the worst Burning Man ever. <laughs> but the most literal. Yes. Well, but, and this is, again, where you see, where you do actually see, like, legit, the, the, the influence of the Wicker Man. Yes. Right, because, like, that is also the ending of the Wicker Man, is they, they put him up in the, I'm talking about the original. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I guess they also we, do this in the Nick Cage version, but like, let's just but pretend also, that one doesn't exist. So, so quick sidebar with that. <laughs> I was one of the unfortunate people that watched the Nick Cage one first. First. And you were like, why? What is happening here? And I, and I didn't even want to watch the original one because the Nick Cage one was so bad. So bad. So bad. Um, like, com- first off, completely unnecessary. Like, yeah, I know the that remakes are, are a thing. thing, but like the original holds up. Right. And then I finally was like, okay, like everyone keeps saying that 
the original one was really good. So I finally watched it and definitely, 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 definitely recommend watching the original, the original. Wicker Man. Yeah. From 1970. Yes. 73, I think. I think you're right. Uh, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> I'm sure you're right. <laughs> I'm not sure. always right. <laughs> <laughs> but also, let's be real. Um, wrong plenty. But, uh, but no, definitely don't, don't, don't watch the remake. Um, but yes, definitely heavily influenced on the Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially that final sequence. Yes. Um, I mean, more graphic. Yes. Than they could get away with uh-huh. in 73. But um, yeah. And yeah. But the main difference is Danny. Yes, I mean that is her involvement is the absolute twist mm-hmm. that makes this more than just a cult movie. Mm-hmm. It's like she has fully, she has joined the cult. Well, and so like the burning's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And she is trying to get away and choking. Yeah, like like retching, like she's gonna yeah. vomit because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she knows what she's done. Yeah, and then she turns back and she watches it burn. And she smiles. Right. And notably, everyone else is doing this sort of ritualistic, like, um, keening almost. Like, yeah. like they're, like they're being burned too, right? They're like, right. they're like thrashing themselves about and screaming mm-hmm. and, and as if they are feeling what those inside are feeling. Right. And then Danny just turns around and smiles and mm-hmm. it is chilling. Mm-hmm. It is chilling. It is like, you have lost your goddamn mind, honey. Yep. Like you have gone off the deep end. Like the deep end is over there, and you're like you've gone off the sandbar. You're in the depths of the fucking ocean. Like you've lost your mind. <laughs> you are in Marina's trench, my dear. Yep. yep. <laughs> yep. Like, hmm. yeah. It's and it's, oh, gosh, it's just so well done because her reaction is so slow. Mm-hmm. It's just such a gradual like I'm free. Mm-hmm. And. Ma'am, you are free, but fuck. Yeah. There are better ways to do that. Yeah. Hi. Break up. Yeah. <laughs> but then we wouldn't have this movie. So but then we wouldn't are... have the movie, right? I mean, you know. It's gotta Yeah. Right. But yeah. It's an excellent film. It's a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. Um couple, couple of plot holes. Pretty long. But an absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Stunning piece of cinema. Absolutely. Sure. So that was Midsommar or Midsummer. I think I've said it eight different times. I mean, no, I've said it plenty of times. You've <laughs> said it. <laughs> I need to go to bed. <laughs> you've said it more than eight times. <laughs> I think I've said it eight different ways. Yes, yes, yes. Oops. Until next time. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Spotify. We have an Instagram at Podcast. We have a Twitter at Pod. We have a Facebook page. If you just search Friday Night Frights, we'll pop up for you. We have a website at FNFrightsPodcast.com. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can scream at us at scream at FNFrightsPodcast.com. And then, of course, there is our Patreon Fright Club. Sean, what's the first rule of Fright Club? The first rule of Fright Club is breaking up is sometimes okay. You know, there are worse (laughs) things. Yeah. 
Like burning someone alive. I mean... I mean, he was a dick. I get it. Leave his ass... Like, leave his ass in Sweden and go home. Mm-hmm. Really shouldn't be burning people alive. No, 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 no. Like... No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but also, like, did he ask for it? He did go there willingly. Um... <laughs> I mean, a little bit. A little bit. He went to Sweden will- willingly. Right. I mean, he didn't... Again, no one had warned them what was going to happen. <laughs> no. No, no. But either which way... Either clearly, which way. So, first of all, like, psych major, my dear, like, you know what's going mm-hmm. on. I know you don't want it to happen, but, like, let's just let it happen. Right. Get right. out of there. Yeah, she knows. I mean, right. during that conversation, that's only in the director's cut. Right. She's fully aware. She makes it clear that she's fully aware. Mm-hmm. Of what's happening. She's fully aware that there's something shady going on here with the Horga. And she's fully aware that she and Christian are falling apart. Mm-hmm. And that she just doesn't want to deal with it. Right. But yeah, just just deal with it. Just yeah, be just like, hey, it. peace, out. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your life. I'm going to go enjoy my life. I'm not going to burn you alive. Yeah. You're welcome. To. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> with that (laughs) so gays and ghouls join us next friday night you'll be in for a fright but until then sleep tight